Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Hey, it is 2023, and we are so excited that you are here to start the new year off in God's house. So let's stand together and let's praise his name.
Amen. It's good to see you brave souls, and I know that you are brave because Baptists don't believe in sprinkling, and so it's a dangerous thing to get out there and get sprinkled on, but we're glad to have all of you here this morning, and let's uh, go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? If you have a special prayer request on your heart, something very near and dear to you, maybe someone in the family, maybe a special need that you have, would you slip your hand up with every head bowed, every eye closed, just hold it up and all over the house. Our Father, you see the hands, and more importantly, you know the hearts. Lord, you know the, the weights and, and the burdens that some people are carrying today. God, I pray that you would assure them that in this brand new year, that you're still almighty God, that you're still on the throne, you're still sovereign, you're still all-powerful. And Lord, we can trust you with every need that we have. Lord, I thank you for this brand new year, and I pray that, Lord, we would use it to honor you. I pray that you would use us to glorify your name. Lord, may we be a testimony for the cause of Christ in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, in our play, wherever we might be. And God bless this church. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you for putting this lighthouse here that's been here since 1951. And I pray, God, that you would continue to help us to be a saving station for people who are lost and undone and on the road to hell. Father, forgive us for our failures, bless and supply our needs, answer these prayer requests on our hearts according to your perfect will. And all of God's people said, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. Thank you so much. If you're a first-time guest or first time in a long time, you know the drill. Probably if you've been here a long time, but if not, if you're new, take one of these connection cards, fill it out, and turn it in, uh, or put it in the offering box in the very back by the double doors. It's on a stand there. You can just slip that in. We would love to have a record of your visit. So happy new year. I hope you're having a good one so far, uh, and uh, let's connect by way of Facebook, YouTube, those who are watching from home right now, uh, thank you for tuning in. We pray that the service today would be a blessing. Going to shift gears a little bit. We've been doing, for most of 2022, the names of God in both the Old Testament, and then we moved into the New Testament, and we're going to go into my, a, a Be Responsible series for the month of January, being responsible to God, being responsible to the world, being responsible to our family, being responsible, just on down the list of several things this month, the month of January. So I hope you'll be here to learn what our responsibilities are to these uh, people and entities and so on. Uh, and then starting February, the Lord willing, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go into a chronological study of the life of Christ and where he was at a particular point in time, what happened at that particular point point in time and where it happened and so on, kind of give a chronological study because, as you know, the Gospels each do their own thing, and if you put them all together, you get a, a timeline. So that's what uh, the plan is for uh, the month of February starting right then. There is, uh, Ryan, is there a military meal today? We have military meal today. It's outside. Teenagers, your class is meeting out there. Yes, we do have a propane heater out there. It's not doing any good. It's just there to make you think it's going to warm you up. But, you know, the mind is a powerful thing. So, uh, teens, go ahead and meet out there. I hope you brought a jacket. Uh, and then also today we're going to be observing communion at the end of the service. And uh, what a great uh, way to begin 2023. This Saturday we have men's breakfast. Uh, Dan Malcolm will be bringing a devotional and uh, we'll be cooking at about 7 o'clock if you can come and help out. 8 o'clock is when the breakfast begins, uh, and you're invited. Bring some men with you. Next Sunday, my responsibility to the world. We do have a responsibility to this world. 
Uh, teachers, workers still needed. See us about that if you're interested. Food collection, I know we had an insert last week. I'm not sure we had one this week, uh, but there's a project where they're housing quite a few homeless people in a new center in uh, are going to be in San Ysidro, so they're uh, collecting food, stuff, non-perishable food items, and we've got uh, a store fixed up. Uh, so if you have some things you could drop off, there are collection boxes outside, or if you if the church is open, you can bring them in, of course. Uh, so be sure to do that for the next uh, next three weeks or so. Um, and what happened? Families will be able to go into uh, the food pantry and take what they need for their family. So trying to help out in that way. Women's Conference, ladies, something special for you. Uh, women's Retreat coming up, it's uh, March 3rd through the 5th, March 3rd through the 5th, and it's uh, the theme is Unhindered. It's a Bible study of Psalm 4610, Be Still and Know That I'm God. It's two and a half day um, overnight retreat, and the location's Pine Valley um, Bible Center, Conference Center in Pine Valley, about a 40 minute drive from here. Uh, and there'll be some rest, encouragement, and, and edification in your relationship with God. Uh, there are 24 spots available only. Uh, the cost is $162. The church is going to pay 62 of it for you. So uh, $100 would be your cost. And there's a sign-up table in the back. It is inside, not outside. Uh, so be sure to sign up as soon, because as soon as we can, we want to go ahead and lock in those 24 spots. Here's what I wrote for the bulletin, just one request. Dear Master, for this coming year, just one request I bring. I do not pray for happiness or any earthly thing. I do not ask to understand the way thou leadest me, but this I ask, teach me to do the thing that pleases thee. I want to know thy guiding voice to walk with each day. Dear Master, make me swift to hear and ready to obey. And thus the year I now begin, a happy year will be if I am seeking just to do the thing that pleases thee. Now, Pat and I love you all. and Thank you so much for uh, another opportunity to serve the Lord with you this year. Let's stand together and we'll worship together in song.
have Christ, you are rich. I will guarantee you that for eternity. Thank you. you. May be seated. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship. And uh, turn, if you would, in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I'm going to ask the boys and girls, come up right here. Would you come up right here? Boys and girls from First Baptist Church, come on up right here just for a moment. Are there any? Yeah, here we come. Here's another one. Here, anybody else? We're down on boys and girls. So if you see any out there running around this week, be sure to grab them, bring them to church on Sunday. All right. Hey, both of you guys are here, huh? Did you have a good Christmas? Did you have fun? Okay, that's good. Huh? Wow, this boy's going to preach one of these days, I can tell. All right. So, so uh, guess what? The Bible tells us, I'm going to tell you something really, really strange that God wants us to do. 
God wants us to hunt for him all the time. Now, does that sound kind of weird? Go hunting. I mean, go hunting for God? What in the world? Well, he wants us to seek after him. He says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What were the, all the things? The things were clothes and food and shelter and people to love us and take care of us, and all the things that God provides us will be there if we seek after him. Now, guess what? Someday, some point in time, someone's going to tell you that there is no God. Don't believe them because there is a God. So they may be a teacher in a school somewhere. Yeah. That's right. Some people don't go to church because they don't believe in God. But if you believe in God, you ought to be in church on Sunday. Amen. That's right. Give me five. All right. He said that just exactly the way I asked him to say that. So. All right, so, so here's the thing. Even if it's a friend of yours that says there is no God, don't believe them. Who created all of this? Was it a worm? No, it was God. Oh, okay. Who, did a chipmunk create all this? No. Did a raccoon create all this? God did. That's right. All the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything that we have, and the, all the plants and the Christmas trees and everything. Yes, sir? Animals can't create. Animals can't create. They can just create other animals. That's a whole different story for a different time. <laughs> so I want you to, to always, always, always seek after God, hunt after God. No matter who tells you there is no God, don't believe them. There is a God. So let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you for these two incredible children. Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness, their parents' faithfulness to you. I pray, God, that you would bless them and that, Lord, you would use them in your work whenever they get old enough to. And even before... Uh, maybe before something as an adult, they would be able to be used by you even as children. God, thank you for the truth that's already been built into their lives that we can tell just by the questions that we ask and the answers they give. Father, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. And both of you said? Amen. Amen. All right. Go ahead and go to class. Give them a hand. They did a great job. All right. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 for the text this morning. Welcome to a brand new year. Who knows what challenges will come? Who knows what opportunities we'll have? Who knows what events will occur in 2023? There have been some pretty crazy years in 2020 and 2021, 2022. Um, so I don't know. Some of the things that will happen might make you glad. Some of them might make you sad. And some of them might make you mad. Uh, it's just that maybe that kind of a year probably will be, but if you want to get off on the right foot, then make sure that we seek God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, context is very important when we're looking at verses. Um, I, I just An illustration a professor gave me one time about context, he says, uh, he, he said there was a guy who just flipped open his Bible and pointed and, 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 and would read a verse and take that as that's what God's message was for him that day. And so he flipped it open, and there it said Judas went out and hanged himself. And he was like, well, that's weird. And so he flipped it again, and he put his finger down and said, go do that likewise. And uh, so it's not what you want to do. Uh, context is extremely important. So what's the context of Matthew 6.33? And seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Everything that, that you need in the way of direction, everything that you need in the way of wisdom, everything that we need in the way of provision, God will provide. God will make sure they're there for 2023. The immediate context tells us that God takes care of the birds of the air, and I think it's significant 
that he mentions sparrows because sparrows are not known for their bright plumage and their beauty and their magnificence. And, uh, you know, you don't see many people taking pictures of sparrows. You see eagles and you see peacocks and you see, but, you know, very few of sparrows. But you know what? Uh, God takes care of them. God clothes them. Even though they're insignificant as far as the world is concerned and not even that attractive as far as a lot of people are concerned, God takes care and is aware of all of their needs, the sparrows, and also the grass of the field. Now, what in the world? That's, that's wild flowers. And I'm going to tell you something. If you ever go to the desert, and like depending on the year, around April or something like that, when things start popping out there, there's some incredible blooms and incredible wild vegetation that grows up. And nobody had to plant it. I've got actually, I've got something outside my back fence right now. That's a, it's started growing and it's beautiful and uh, nobody planted it. Uh, it's just there. And and God's the one who takes care of all that. So if God takes care of the birds of the air and the grass or the wildflowers in the field, how much more will He take care of you in 2023? Because you're of such value that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for you and for your sins. So food, clothes, and shelter are important to human life, of course. Ask the Ukrainians today. Ask those who are living in cities that are being bombed by missiles and, and, and ask those that are being occupied by foreign troops how tough it can be without adequate basic provisions. But God has promised through, through it all, even to the Christians in Ukraine, God's promise is that he takes note of them and he supplies their needs. So if we're rightly concerned about these things, uh, that's, that's okay. But our chief objective, above all else, is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will take care of the rest. So God help us to, first of all, seek him. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I, we pr probably have a pretty good grasp of, of that. Uh, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It means that the word in the Greek there means to look for, to strive for, to hunt for. That's why I told the kids to go hunting for God. Um, God means that we're to follow after him, to strive humbly and sincerely to obey him. Uh, one day, the kingdom of God will be literal on this earth. And one day, he will sit on a throne and he will rule with a rod of iron and there will be righteous reign for a thousand years uh, preceding eternity. Uh, and then there'll be a, a short period of time when Satan will be released again uh, and will wreak havoc. And then there will be eternity and God will rule and reign for all of eternity. But right now and until that happens, God's kingdom is within us. God's king, and, and when he, Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, he was preaching kingdom principles that you and I ought to practice to live right before God. That's his righteousness. So that uh, seeking implies work, effort, industry. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, Paul said, or uh, Luke rather said, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs. He has no needs. For him, he himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need there is. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand which should rise, which should fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose, this is the verse I want you to see, but I read the other verses again to get context because it's important to see what it's being talked about. 
verse 27 of Acts 17. His purpose in all of this was that nations should seek after God. Same word in Matthew 6, for seek is found in Acts 17, 27. His purpose in all this was that nations would seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we move and live and exist or have our being, as King James says. Psalm 9, 9 says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. So we're to, we're to hunt after him. We're to seek him. We're to hunger for him. We're to thirst after him. We're to want to spend time in fellowship with God. I, I want to encourage you. Uh, this is, it's not too late. Uh, it's never too late, but it's not too late, January the 1st, to get on a Bible reading plan where you can read through the entire Bible in one year's time. You can do that. It's really, it's really easy. If you've got a few minutes a day, you can do it. And I, I know I've got them in the notes somewhere, uversion.com, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N.com. Hundreds of reading plans. Some of them are whole Bible reading plans. I got to thinking... Um, 2023, I think it will be 49 years this year that I've read through the Bible every single year. I was challenged to do it in 1974 by a gentleman named Bill Gothard, Basic Youth Conflict Seminar, and, and started then doing it, and I am so thankful, I am so grateful, and I'm telling you, I'm still learning new things every time I read the Word of God because I was dumber last year than I am now. And so every year I get a little bit smarter. Actually, every year everything's brand new to me. That's what it is. So it's like, and it doesn't have to wait a year to be brand new either. But so, so we're promised that, uh, that, that we're to seek after Him. And, and in Hebrews, in Psalm, rather, 9 9, I read a moment ago, uh, the word for seek there is, of course, a Hebrew word, but it means the same thing, to resort to, to seek, to inquire. Uh, you would think that everyone would want to know Almighty God, the God who created them, the God who sustains them. But uh, it's not a newsflash to us that there are some people who don't want anything to do with him, who don't want to know him. Uh, Psalm 10, 4 says, the wicked, through the pride of their countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in their thoughts. Atheists don't seek after God. Uh, they don't believe in it. Amoral people don't seek after God. Communists don't seek after God. Remember the first cosmonaut that was launched, and um, some of you old-timers will remember that, and he got up into the heavens, and he said, there is, I, I was in the heavens, and there is no God. He just wasn't looking in the right place, folks, because he's up there. He's everywhere, as a matter of fact. Unfortunately, this is the sad thing. Too many Christians don't seek after God. Too many Christians, um, we, we believe, we believe with our head, believe with our heart, hopefully both, but we don't really seek out. We seek after our own things. We seek after what we want to seek after, not so much seeking after God. And the psalmist said, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And seek means to earnestly or earnestly look for, diligently inquire after. So uh, 
again, uversion.com, get into a Bible plan. If you don't want to read through the entire Bible in one year, if that seems too staggering, they have five-day plans, seven-day plans, 10-day plans, 30-day plans. Uh, get in it. Just get in the Word of God every single day. It's how God talks to you. God doesn't speak in audible voices now. He can if he wants to because he's God. But God speaks to us through his word. This is his love letter to us. And we need to get into it and, and get the word of, get into it and get the word of God into us so we can make the right decisions. So we seek him through his word and seek him through prayer. So let 2023, if you've never done it, let this be the first year you read through the entire Bible in one year. Now, it, 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 it equals about six chapters, five or six chapters a day, and there's a plan I like, the one-year Bible, where it reads Old Testament reading, got New Testament reading, got Psalms, and got Proverbs. So you get a little bit of those four different classifications of scriptures every time. So, but let's, in 2023, let's seek him like never we have before. Secondly, let's love him. That's our responsibility. Our responsibility is to love him. The Pharisees didn't love him. The Sadducees didn't love him. In fact, they kept trying to trip him up when they heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with a reply on, on a question that was intended to, to stump him. Uh, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, to, to us, that may not sound like that much of that tricky a question. What, what's the, I mean, there, you know, what is the, the most important teaching in the law of Moses? So the Jew, but the Jews of Jesus' day had divided the law into two categories, the light and the weighty. The light and weighty, kind of like mortal and venial sins. The, you know, some of them are, they're not good, but, you know, the they're not all that bad, but others, white lies would maybe fit in there. Let me tell you something. A lie is a lie, even if it's chartreuse. <laughs> a lie is a lie. The truth is the truth. The truth is God. God is truth. So white lies, uh, I, I have to, and lies, confessions are good. My wife's not here. Uh, I have to constantly work on myself so that I don't say things that would be misleading because to say things that would be misleading are lies. They really are. Um, so this idea of, that the Jews had of, of, of light and weighty, light and weighty. Okay, let's see what he's going to say. We're gonna, boy, this is a good one. What is the most important law? Which, which is it, Jesus? Tell us, almighty teacher. Um, I wonder if it's going to be one of the weightier things. It surely will be. It won't be one of the light things, surely. Uh, they had identified 613 separate commandments. 613. Hey, I had trouble memorizing 10. How'd you like to memorize 613? Their intent was to entrap our Lord with this, with this question because how could he answer with certainty which was the most important of all the commandments? And Jesus replied without even skipping a beat, obviously because he's the Son of God, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And it doesn't say it here, but I think all those Sadducees, I think their mouths dropped open. And they're like, what? Nearly an exact quote from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13. 
And then Jesus finished that answer with saying, this is the first and the greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22. Now, one must ask a follow-up question. How do you love the Lord thy God? With all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That's agape love. You know the different kinds of loves, right? To agape love is to esteem, uh, is to love, indicating a direction of the will, finding one's joy in something or someone. It, it, it differentiates from filial, which means to love, indicating feelings and warm affection, the kind of love expressed by a kiss. Uh, so it means... To venerate, to serve with fidelity. Uh, so we're to venerate God. We're to serve him with faithfulness. We're to love him unconditionally. We're to love him with a sense of feeling and emotion. Uh, the lawyer had asked, what is the greatest commandment? Just one question. But Jesus gave him that. Then he gave him uh, a second one. He said, and the second is like unto it. We kind of have a little, uh, as I have loved you, love one another. That's kind of a, a corollary uh, commandment that goes along with what Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, it's very interesting because well, a long time ago when I was pastoring in Imperial Beach uh, before we moved up on the, the, the other church building, a uh, small church, uh, and, and it reminds me of, of, of this so much. First Baptist reminds me of Midway back in 1974 or 75. Uh, but we had we had uh, things happening, and people were getting saved, people were getting baptized, and the church was growing, and it was an exciting time. And we lived on Emory Street in Imperial Beach, and cat a corner from us were some rowdy hippies. Sorry. <laughs> in fact, no, uh, they were rowdy, and they knew. Who I was. One of them was related to families that attended our church. And so they would play their music really loud and uh, they would throw their beer bottles in my yard. Yeah, you didn't. No, okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, so it says, love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> it gets a little tricky. And so I'm working on myself trying to love this creep. Uh, not this creep. Uh, but the creep that lived diagonally from us, and I'm, try, I'm really trying to work on that. And so also my, my wife bakes some, I can't remember if it was brownies or, I think brownies, but it, it bakes something for them. I said, what a great idea. We can put some X-lax in there. <laughs> no, we're just going to bake some brownies. And, and so she goes over there. You know, and she's, I'm, I'm watching, peeking through the window. And she goes over to our neighbor's house, knocks on the door, and these hippies come to the door, and she gives them brownies. And I'm like, I didn't even get any. <laughs> you know what? They quit throwing their beer bottles in our yard. There's a benefit to doing God's thing God's way. <laughs> He's a lot smarter than we are. He's a lot wiser than we are. And so he said, your first commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, everything you've got. Love him completely, not just no reserve, uh, abandon. Love him with abandon. And the second commandment is to love your neighbors yourself. Treat them the way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, and Jesus says on these two commandments, hang 
the entire law, all 16 and 13, 613 of them. He was referring primarily probably to the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, but, but all the laws. And in fact, and so the Jews were, were expecting to hear one of the, maybe one of the Ten Commandments. How's he going to settle on which one's the most important? But here in two verses, he gives the answer uh, of the entire law. Uh, the first four having to do with our relationship with God of the first four of the ten. The last six having to do with our relationship with fellow human beings. So we're to seek him. We're to love him. Thirdly, we're to worship him. Worship is singing. We have our worship team up here. They, they lead us in singing. Worship is praying. Worship is preaching. Worship is reading your Bible. Worship is Blowing kisses to God. Worship is gratitude expressed to him. Worship is praising him, thanking him. He is the, to be the object of our worship. When Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and tempted by Satan at the end of that 40-day period, Satan said, just bow down and worship me if you'll just do that. And Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. Paganism is forbidden. We know that. I doubt that any one of us have a pagan statue or mask or whatever else that we bow down and worship to. I doubt that anybody has that. Uh, paganism is prohibited, and yet we can be pretty pagan without having images. You know that? Without having statue, statues that we bow down before. Secularism is prohibited. prohibited. Just being concerned about the, the material, the materialism is prohibited. Um, many Christians have a secular uh, humanist worldview because of their education, because they were in a public school system after the public school systems quit honoring God, quit having prayer, quit having Bible reading, quit uh, starting the days with, with prayer. I, I remember that, prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. How many of you remember doing that in schools? And you became a hippie anyhow? How does that work? <laughs> so, so, and you went on from there to high school. You went on from high school to college, some university, and some professors who were, who were secular humanists and not deists and not theistic in their beliefs at all. And, and so secular humanism or atheism, do you know they are faith systems? Atheism is a faith system? It absolutely, you have to have a ton more faith than I've got to be an atheist. Yeah, I mean, these kids got it figured out. God created everything. A worm didn't do it. A, a little amoeba didn't do it. A, 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 some big bang, what went bang? Last night, a lot of stuff went bang. I heard it. My dogs heard it. They were not happy, campers. But, but you have to have faith to be a secular humanist, to, to believe that society is getting better and better, or going to get better and better, and everything will, will get this utopia at some point. I think we've kind of, don't, you don't hear about, much about that anymore. That was a big theme back about 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, we're getting better and better and better and better, and then all of a sudden uh, we had wars again and problems. They're faith systems. He's to be the object of our worship. He's to be the direction of our worship. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. In this context, spirit characterizes what God is like. God the Father is a spirit. In the same way that flesh, location, and, and corporal 
matter characterized human beings. We are corporal. We walk around with a body. We walk around with flesh and blood and bones. God the Father's spirit. Hard to conceptualize, hard to understand. A spirit being able uh, to communicate and, and to reveal himself or not to reveal himself. And, uh, and, and we got to worship him. God is spirit means that he is invisible, he's divine, he's opposed as opposed to human. He is life-giving and, and unknowable to human beings unless he chooses to reveal himself. God is light, God is love, God is spirit. These are the elements of the way that God presents himself to human beings in his self-disclosure. And then he, of course, chose his only begotten son to be the revelation in flesh. He is the object of our worship. He's to be the direction of our worship. But there is a danger of worship. Jesus pointed it out frequently. He said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips and their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commandments from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Folks, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how far society goes off the deep end. The word of God is still the same. One of the things that I wrote on Facebook, I don't tweet or whatever. I don't, I don't TikTok or tweet or any of those weird things. I don't even know what they are for sure. But I do, I, I do Facebook, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, she says, you just need to stay off. But anyhow, uh, I did say, New Year, same God. New Year, same God. New Year, same God. Amen? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so, so he says, Jesus said, your worship is a farce for you teach man-made ideas as commandments from God. As soon as I start doing that, you get a pulpit committee together and run me out of town. Take me over the bridge Leave me in Logan Heights and say, go home. Get, get, figure out how to get home from here. We're, we're through. The word of God is the word of God. It never changes. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit never change. We start, we start changing the teaching of the word of God. We start trying to explain away things that have been understood for thousands of years. Something's wrong. You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition, he says. So we're to seek him, we're to love him, we're to worship him, and we're to pray to him. Why is it so hard for us to have a vital prayer life? Somebody explain that to me. I say, well, you're the preacher. You probably spend hours every day praying. Mm, no, I don't. Bible talks about praying in the morning. Psalm 5, 3, my voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayers unto thee and I will look up to thee. It talks about praying twice a day in Psalm 88, 1. O Lord, God of my salvation, I've cried out to you day and night. It talks about praying three times a day in Psalm 55, 17. Morning, noon, and night, I plead aloud, aloud in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. It talks about praying all night long in Luke 6, 12. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went to a mountain to pray and Jesus prayed to God the Father all night. It talks about praying continuously. Paul wrote about it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. And finally, he tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. In Hebrews 4.16, that we might find help in the time of need. If we have a need and we don't take it to God and say, well, I, I don't want to bother God with, 
You don't bother God with your needs and your concerns and your anxieties and your fears and your problems. You don't bother God. He wants you to come boldly to him. Then we're to obey him. The wisest man who ever lived did some really dumb things. Solomon, the wisest guy who ever lived, the wisest guy. Wisest man who ever lived, he was a wise guy. Uh, ever, up till that time, anyhow, that's what the Bible says about him. Married 700 wives, and that wasn't enough, so he had 300 concubines. Can you imagine trying to keep the birthdays and anniversaries straight in your brain? You'd have to have a full-time lackey just to keep tracks, a track of all those dates. I've said before, that's a whole bunch of pantyhose hanging over the shower door. You know, that's uh, 700, 300,000. He also worshipped pagan gods in his latter years. That's why God told the kings of Israel not to marry unbelieving women and not to marry foreigners and not to marry strangers and not to... You know, it, it, it's, it's not okay for them to have been uh, polygamous. Some people say, well, it's in the Bible, so, you know, they, these kings were, David had many wives, man after God's own heart. Solomon had thousand women, and, you know, so obviously it was okay. It went, no, it never was okay. God created, them, created Adam and Eve, brought them together. They too would be one. You don't have Solomon and a thousand being one. Yeah, that's a thousand and a one. That's a good way to get schizophrenic in a hurry. Uh, he knew better than worshiping pagan gods, and yet his heart was led astray by these women that he married in, a, in, in, in what? Against the will of Almighty God. He had written in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Jesus said it this way. In John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you know what? I don't think you have to have a Bible dictionary to figure that out, what that means. You don't have to have a concordance. You just, you just need to, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's, that's plain enough. Who do we think we are? Disobeying almighty, all-powerful God. We're put here to obey him. We're placed here. We're, we're called. We're, God seeks us out so that we can obey him. Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes, For we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should what? Walk in them. We should walk in them. So let's recap. We're here as our responsibility to God is to seek him, is to love him, is to worship him, is to pray to him, is to obey him, and last of all, to serve him. There's probably other things too, but last of all, for today's message, we're, we're commanded and told to serve him. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing what? Your work of faith and your labor of love. This is Paul commending those Thessalonican believers. So, And we're thankful for your work of faith and your labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brothers, 
your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that we were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Acacia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and you turned to God from idols, listen to this, to serve the living and the true God. We turned from idols. We turned from paganism. We should have turned from secularism. We should have turned from materialism to serve the living and the true God. So our responsibility to God is to seek him, it's to love him with all we have, it's to worship him as almighty God, it's to pray to him, commune with him, read his word, it's to obey him in all things, and it's to serve him. So you, the question for you today is, and for me, is do we love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and strength? Are we seeking him? Are we starting today, January 1st, 2023, to seek him, to spend time with him, to talk with him, to let him talk with you, and to serve in some ministry? You know what? If you're not a member of the church and God's leading you to be part of this church, then today ought to be the day that you walk down this aisle in the invitation. Shouldn't have to take 15 verses, right? Just on the first verse, say, you know what? I believe God wants me to be a member of First Baptist Church. If you have not yet been baptized since you've been saved, by immersion, because that's the biblical way. By the way, I got to think about I I, I learned I learn things all the time. Well, I, this is not a new concept, but it, it just dawned on me reading my Bible the other day that Jesus was an adult when he got baptized. So you say, well, uh, you know, I think I thought I took care of that when I was a little baby. You didn't take care of anything when you were a little baby. Your mom and dad took care of something maybe, but you know what? You need to take care of something. And if you're an adult, that's so was Jesus. So there's no, no reason to be ashamed, no reason to be embarrassed. Just go ahead and take a stand. It's our, it's our public profession of Christ is my Savior. I'm not ashamed of him. And he's not ashamed of me. So if you need to join the church, if you need to be baptized, just come say, I want to be baptized. We'll take care of it. We'll schedule it. If you want to come for special prayer for some need, I'd be glad to pray with you. And we can get a lady to pray with the ladies here. Um, who, would, who would we get to do that? I wonder. Somebody. Monica, could you do that if some lady needs to pray with you? Raise your hand so everybody will know where you are. Right there, Monica. So... Whatever it is God laid on your heart, this is the day, your next step. What is your next step? Will you take it from obedience to him? Maybe you say, preacher, God's leading me to be involved in ministry, so tell me what you need for children's ministry. Tell me what you need with teens. Tell me what you need with adult ministry. Tell me what you need in sound booth, and tell me what you need in a praise team, and I'm, I'll make myself available. But just take care of that today. So make this invitation a productive one before we come to the Lord's table. Get things squared away. The Bible says when you come to the Lord's table, previous to that, you're to examine your own heart. Make sure things are right. So if there's something between you and God that needs to be made right, you got an opportunity right now to, to make it right. If there's something between you and someone else 
resolve in your heart to make it right at your next opportunity and then follow through with it. Whatever it is God wants you to do, begin to fulfill your responsibility to God today. Our God in heaven, omnipotent God, God who is the spirit, God who is truth, God who is amazing, the God that we love, the God who loved us first, the God who called us to himself. Lord, we lay ourselves down before you. We surrender to you. We are yours. Do with us, do through us your perfect will. And we'll thank you for it. God, help us to be obedient to take that next step in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? As we stand together, we're not going to sing 15 verses. We're going to sing two verses, okay? Two verses of invitation. So on the very first verse, if you need to make some kind of a commitment decision for 2023, do it right now. I'll be right down here to meet you. Ladies, Monica's right back there. Christ was born. People of Israel were about to be set free from captivity. They had prayed for deliverance. They had prayed for a deliverer. God had sent them an unlikely candidate. His name
name was Moses. I say unlikely because he was so flawed, like all of us. He was a murderer. Do you realize that? Maybe he had good intentions defending a fellow Israelite, but he was a sinner. He had anger issues. Can you identify with that? And yet Moses was the one that God spoke to in a burning bush that was not consumed with the fire. And Moses was the one that God used to bring 10 different plagues upon the nation of Egypt. The last was to be the most severe, the death of the firstborn. So the remedy was that they were to find a lamb without spot or blemish, one that was not lame, one that was not blind, one that was had no flaws that were visible and readily uh, uh, discernible. And they were to take that lamb and they were to slay it, collect its blood, and then with the hyssop, paint, as it were, the blood on the door jams, the doorpost. And when the death angel went through that night, the death angel would pass over every house that had the blood applied. Hence, Passover. Jesus, in one of his last acts on this earth before crucifixion, was giving, observing Passover with his disciples. And he initiated what has become known as the Lord's Supper or Communion or the Eucharist. And he took unleavened bread because leaven, as it spreads through the dough, is typical of sin that spreads through humanity. So he took unleavened bread. And I want you to know, we ran out of the prepackaged individual things. And so Julie went looking for unleavened because I'm such a stickler on that. I know it's symbolic, I think the symbolism is important. And so what you have is flat bread, no leaven, no yeast in it. A type of the precious Savior, Jesus Christ. And so Paul, revealing to the Corinthians, for I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. Bo, would you mind leading us in prayer and ask the blessing on the bread? Eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. Just cry. 
On the Passover table were many elements other than the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. There was, for example, the salt. There was the bitter herbs. There was the egg. All of them typifying various things in the Passover. But Jesus chose next the cup. The cup with the fruit of the vine, freshly squeezed with leaves, representing the body of Christ that was about to exude his blood. Beginning with the buffeting and the pulling and the plucking out of his beard, continuing with the crowning of thorns and the mockery, going to a place called the pavement where many prisoners actually died before crucifixion because of the severity of the beating with the cat of nine tails. And there he was beaten until he was unrecognizable, the Bible says. And then finally he was taken to Calvary, laid on the cross, nailed hands and feet. The cross would be put in an upright position on Calvary. And after a while, because it was a Sabbath, the Roman spear pierced his heart and forthwith came blood and water. He poured his blood out for us because it's through the redemption of his shed blood that we're saved. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. So he took the cup and he gave thanks. And Debbie, would you give thanks for the cup, please? Father God, I just thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. And just to truly think about what you gave up in in the blood that you shed for us, Lord, is just 
humbling and overwhelming, Lord. And I just pray that we just really take that in and take that seriously, Lord. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for loving us, Lord. As we drink from your cup, just pray that you would just be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, this cup is the New Testament or the New Covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Next, they left the upper room. They went out to the Mount of Olives. They sang a song before they did. So as we depart, the last thing that we'll do this morning as the corporate body of believers is to sing together. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. As much as possible, join hands with those around you. And let's sing together as the praise team leads us. What a way to start the new year. God bless you. Thank you for being in God's house.